know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Friday is World Photography Day, good listeners, but today on Lincoln Live, I have one of the few women who has covered five consecutive administrations at the White House, two presidential impeachments, and eight presidential inaugurations, and U.S. Supreme Court Justice confirmation hearings. A credentialed member of the White House Press Corps, House and Senate Press Photographer's Gallery, and author of Eyes That Speak, it is my pleasure to spend a few minutes this morning with Christy Bogue. Good morning, Christy. Good morning. Thank you so much for having me. Where were you on January 6th during the riots at the Capitol? I was right there at the riots at the Capitol. And, uh, yeah, it was one of the more challenging uh, photographic times that I've had in my career of 30 years. Were so, you inside? Uh, were you inside, Christy? Were you outside? Where were you logistically I, at that moment? I was outside the Capitol on the east side. The west side was actually worse, uh, ended up being worse. By the time I was making my way around to that side, it w- there was tear gas and everything, and, and I didn't have the protective gear to, uh, to deal with that. But um, it was, uh, I, I had been trying to get in to count to the vote count in the Capitol, which uh, allows photographers to come in to the uh, Senate chamber uh, just once every four years for that. You know, we're in the House chamber for the State of the Union and everything. That's the big one, but the the Senate one is, is much smaller. So I was trying to get into that, but because of COVID restrictions, they did not uh, uh, grant my request. So I was like, well, I wasn't really going to go downtown until I heard on the radio that morning, whatever you do, don't go downtown. It's potentially going to be a dangerous situation. So then people in my profession say, okay, what time do we leave? So went went down there and people were were, uh, listening on their cell phones to uh, President Trump's speech the Stop the Steal rally. They're, they're listening to his speech live right down the road, right down Constitution Avenue. So it was kind of eerie because you could hear his voice everywhere coming from all these speakerphones. And then when his speech ended, everybody marched up to the Capitol and everything changed. The whole aura of the, of the crowd changed as all these people came up and merged. I came face to face with the Proud Boys, as I say in my book, that uh, there was apparently 300 of them. I guess where I was was maybe maybe 100. I, I don't know. But once they got there, everything kind of changed where um, they kind of came in with the attitude like, you know, we, we own the place type of thing. And, and there was much more militaristic type of, um, of outer gear that people were wearing and walkie-talkies and, um, you know, uh, 
a few people, not Proud Boys, at least I didn't see Proud Boys with gas masks, but I saw, um, you know, other people that came prepared with that and flak jackets and and uh, Mike Pence had gone into the building just just uh, maybe half hour prior to that. He had arrived, so we knew he was in the building. And then once the crowd from the Capitol got to, I mean, from uh, President Trump's speech got to the Capitol, things started picking up a lot. And uh, I know that there was one uh, older woman next to where I was, and this gentleman came up to her and he said, you better get out of the way here because this barricade is going to be coming down. We're going to be storming this in just a few minutes and you're going to be trampled. So you better step back. And so I said, wow. So like, where exactly are you coming through on here? And he pointed and sure enough, right when he said everything went down and, and uh, people started uh, turning into a mob at that point. And as they were, uh, you know, marching up the stairs or just, I mean, this huge crowd. And it was so, people were so close together that I was in the middle of that following up the stairs. And people at the time had changed their their uh, chanting from Stop the Steal to Hang Mike Pence. And then, of course, there was a gallow around the corner with a noose on it that I, I personally never saw because that was over where the tear gas was. But, um, but I, I found that it was very difficult to photograph because I was so constrained and so caught up in the mob that all I could see was like the guy's head in front of me. So I had to kind of really maneuver to get along the outside of the crowd to get um, the pictures that I have that are in my book, Eyes That Speak, and to, you know, to cover that but uh christy christy you've christy you've taken me to my next question Uh, you you certainly didn't have to wait for photographic action to come to you but oftentimes photographers do they have to wait they have to wait which is more challenging for you the waiting or a situation like january 6th where there is just so much around you 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 may not even know which direction to turn uh each each one is is has its own you know, difficulties with it. You know, the hurry up and wait is our mantra, of course. And that's normally the case where we can wait, you know, hours for like two minutes worth of photo op or less. Uh, So there is that, but then you get yourself kind of, you know, ready to go with that. It's tough to keep your adrenaline going when you have all that waiting time to to do. But but for this... um, for this, it was, you know, uh, certainly it was an adrenaline-filled time here, and the Proud Boys were, uh, one of them was yelling at me, and the media was was very bad. It was not a good place to, to uh, position to be in at the time. Um, one uh, photographer got punched in the face, and her camera got smashed. CNN, uh, uh, cameras were smashed and lit on fire and you know the media was the enemy I had to take my credentials after the Proud Boys were yelling some derogatory things about media I uh, put my credentials inside my jacket for the rest of the time I was there because it was paid to be just a regular member of the crowd and not be targeted 
And for that exact reason, too, when covering potentially violent situations, I prefer to go in with one camera body and not like three camera bodies with three different lenses. And it, it, because not only does it does it um, target you, but it also is, you know, difficult to maneuver around in the crowd. So I like to travel light. And now the technology in cell phones is so phenomenal that, you know, I, I was using that as a backup uh, camera if, if I needed it, which I did not. An impressive list of presidents uh, on your resume, Christy. Clinton, uh, Bush, W, uh, Obama, Trump, Biden. Uh, which one was, has been the most gracious? George W. He he was the most genuine. He joked around with us. He wasn't afraid of to hold press conferences. Not that the others are afraid to, but he just he kind of rolled with the punches on things. And he and I used to banter back and forth, which was a lot of fun because if if you're in the Oval Office, you're not allowed to talk to the president unless he speaks to you first. And he would, you know, kid around with me you know, some, from time to time. And, uh, that was, that was a lot of fun. You know, I, I haven't had that type of, of kidding around with, with other presidents. And celebrities too, Streisand, Muhammad Ali, Bob Dylan, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, uh, more than just the photographs themselves. Christy, do you recall any comments made by celebrities, uh, while you were in their company as you took their photographs? Uh, Sean Connery, I was able to spend some time with him. Uh, oftentimes, if we're photographing like the Presidential Medal of Freedom or something at the White House, we rarely get to be able to speak to, to the, uh, which is where I, some of those pictures were from, from different, over the years, different uh, Presidential Medal of Freedom. Uh, President Obama, uh, while he was in office, he uh, allowed some of the people to come back, some of the awardees, to come back and speak to the media. So that was wonderful that, that you know, I was able to talk to, like, to meet Robert Redford. That was fun. And uh, I asked him, wow, so congratulations on getting the Presidential Medal of Freedom, which is the highest honor that a civilian can get for, you know, making America, you know, uh, better. Uh, a better place and, you know, for their contributions in, in the entertainment field uh, is what, you know, some of them were there for. And so when I met Robert Redford, I said, well, congratulations on, on winning the Presidential Medal of Freedom. And uh, how does it feel? And he said, I just wish my mom and dad were here to see this. And I thought that was really very touching, uh, you know, for somebody, I guess he's in his 80s now, to have uh, thought that way, I thought was was very special. And Sean Connery, I was with uh, for the day, and he, or for part of the day anyway, the morning, <clears throat> and he had come to Washington to photograph, to uh, speak about uh, tourism in Scotland, where he's from. And that was really wonderful uh, experience to see how the men reacted to him because all these guys with man crushes were uh, just in just awestruck. 
and they one of them this was at eight o'clock in the morning one of one gentleman said oh 007 can i make you a martini shaken and not stirred and and he goes oh, I'm, I'm good it's eight o'clock <laughs> it's, it's, it's all right and then and this things like that were happening uh, you know repeatedly as we just walked from his limo to uh was the equivalent of the green room uh there and i asked him I, and he was, his wife was there too who was wonderful and i asked him i said is it like this everywhere you go and he he said uh well it's like water running off a duck's back he said in his, his scottish accent and he said you get used to it after a while and he lived I believe in the Caribbean, uh, and he said there, you know, it's just he's Sean. You know, they see him at the Seven Eleven or something, and it's like, eh, that's just Sean. So, you know, it's people are used to seeing him as opposed to here, where he's bigger than life because of his, you know, movie career. Yeah, Christy, uh, forgive me for asking a formula question, but uh, who got away? Who do you wish you had photographed? Well. I would have liked to photograph Castro just because, uh, you know, of his, uh, you know, uh, legendary career there. And um, I guess one of the pictures that got away from me that, uh, you know, in the course of writing this book, it took me well over 10 years to, to do so. And Helen Thomas wrote the foreword for me. I thought it was going to be over in, uh, at, at the Obama inauguration, but news kept happening. And, you know, then the next thing you know, I'm up to uh, the Trump impeachment and then the insurrection and then Joe Biden, um, you know, uh, standing up there with him, looking out and seeing instead of tens of thousands of people and uh, like like there usually is, there's just the empty lawn with uh, 25,000 National Guard with high-powered rifles, and I thought that's the end of this. But prior to that, was was a lot of of um, wear and tear, and I had a pinched nerve in my spine when I was photographing the State of the Union, uh, the famous one where Nancy Pelosi tore up the speech. That's one that got away. I had such a bad, uh, I was in such pain. We have to sit on the, on the steps um, up in the, in the balconies there in the house chamber on these concrete steps for hours, many hours before it even starts. So I was in bad shape and said, let me just, I, I, I can't take it anymore. And, I, I, you know, all this other stuff had, had happened uh, during the course of that time. And I thought, you know, I'm leaving a few minutes early, you know, what else can happen? And sure enough, I'd no sooner gone out of the room before she uh, tore up the speech. So I'm sorry I missed that. Who was on your most prized list? I'd say Queen Elizabeth and Mother Teresa. Mother Teresa was a big one. I had wanted to photograph her for years, and every time I went to do so, the, you know, you, you would never find out she was here until she'd left. And so that was uh, aggravating. I even, I was on, taking pictures over in Kathmandu in uh, Nepal and thought, I, you know, I think I'm going to take a, a short flight to Calcutta to do some pictures of her doing what she does. And where was she? But she was here like two blocks from my house. 
<laughs> in, 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 you know, Maryland. So I couldn't believe it. So a friend of mine told me that uh, he knew that she was coming to watch some of her uh, friends, uh, or not friends, but some of her um, nuns that are in the order that she founded, the Sisters of Charity. She was there to, to come celebrate them taking their final vows. And I was able to photograph her then. A lot of, was, and shake hands with her, which was very cool. A lot of marvelous and, photographs. I am such a big fan of photography books. You can spend a minute, you can spend an hour, and uh, you get something out of each time spent with uh, books like this. Eyes That Speak, my guest is Christy Bow. Christy, thank you so much for joining me for a few minutes today. Thank you so much for having me. Christy Bow with me on Lincoln Live.